This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm, I'm thrilled today to visit with Erica Joy Daniels. Erica Joy is serving as the Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at Advocate Aurora Healthcare. Advocate Aurora Healthcare has done a magnificent job on the diversity and equity and inclusion area and constantly working to get better and better. So we're thrilled to get to visit with Erica Joy today about these issues. Erica Joy, can you take a moment to just introduce yourself? We'll also talk about these issues in your career and a little bit more. Erica Joy? Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. And it's a it's a challenging but also a really encouraging time right now as we recognize um, everything that's going on in the country. Uh, but then you zero in and you understand what your role is as a leader and the organization where you serve. And at Advocate or Healthcare, you know, we think about our purpose of living well. Um, we 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 have risen to the occasion that it means living, making sure that all is well. Uh, my background, so I have a bit of an eclectic background. I uh, started actually in uh, research, military research, went from there to corrections, and moved from corrections working for the Federal Bureau of Prisons to manufacturing, leading global talent management for a global manufacturing firm, and then came into healthcare. So some say I don't mind change, uh, but I love strategy. I love designing. I love uh, building what doesn't exist and connecting dots that others don't see. And um, this this platform now that we have to serve really provides uh, me an opportunity. Personally, it's rewarding because I can use all of my experience, all the art and skill, all the grit and grace um, to help drive and advance the efforts for the system. And Erica, so let me ask you a couple of questions. So I see, because I get a chance to visit with some great diverse executives, leaders of color from Advocate Aurora, is are your efforts more focused on making sure that throughout the system that there's a, 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 that there is a great diverse leadership team or are your efforts more focused on the community and make sure diverse communities are served well, or is it some of both? Can you tell us a little bit about how you define the role and, and what your missions are? Yes, yes, and all the above, Scott. <laughs> um, we, we have a very comprehensive approach to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And beyond the traditional, conventional looks at just representation, it is for us about the difference and ensuring that we have our full share and access to talent from so many different pa backgrounds and packages. It also is about the environment where all of that difference can thrive. Uh, that's where you get the D and the I, right? And then we expand our, our reach and we think about our patients that we are responsible to serve. We want to be a safe clinical enterprise for every single patient and in their outcomes and their safety and their, and their health. Uh, we look at what we can do to close gaps. And then even on the community side, what relationships are necessary for us to advance our work? How do we get in and understand and hear clearly? How do we invest through our uh, business diversity opportunities? So it really runs the full gamut and across audiences. And that I think that helps to differentiate us in our, in our approaches. And Eric Joy, I have the pleasure of living at least in the communities that the advocate serves. And I know that, for example, the advocates, probably its most important hospital, at least by size, has a, a woman of color as the CEO and who's got a magnificent reputation. And I know of at least a handful of the other advocate hospitals have people of color as leaders. Is this a purposeful effort? How did this evolve? How did this happen? Talk about the intentionality of Advocate Aurora in this area. 
Absolutely, Scott. So I would say, yes, there's definite intention around increasing representation across our leadership roles. The hospitals are probably most visible, but it goes beyond our hospitals into our clinic sites, into our corporate opportunities, all the functional support areas of the organization. Uh, we set goals, actually, beyond our strategies. We raised the bar on ourselves in, in 2019, 2020 by developing diverse slates. Um, to ensure that we had greater awareness and visibility and challenging ourselves, are we looking to get our fair share of the talent that's out there? And uh, we exceeded that for all supervisors and above. You know, when we got to rates beyond 85% uh, of having people of color in the slate. And again, it goes back to the data. So we focus on race and ethnicity because that data showed us that that was our largest gap. And we've surpassed the goal uh, by really achieving now 95% and above. And intentional recruiting relationships, our sourcing uh, strategies, building networks and associations. So that intentionality then yields those results. And as systems get better at this, it becomes easier to continue to hit goals and objectives because you become a more comfortable place for people of different ethnicities, people of different races, people of different groups where they feel comfortable. Is that, is that a fair assessment? It is. You have to build that muscle because you want you. The last thing you want to do is attract um, talent and then lose it out the back door, right? Um, and and our accountability went far. I mean, they weren't just aspirational goals, but we actually built it into our incentive plan. So we have some strong accountability and transparency around our progress. But those uh, goals then have to be supported by the key strategies that you can place in your organization for the retention of that talent. How are they supported? How are they guided? How how we have an ambassador program that, that provides connection across leaders, no matter the background or dimension of diversity. Um, the development that we do, the professional development, the, the engaging them in the community, leveraging their, their expertise and insight, um, that, that work together then helps us look at the net number, you know, the resulting workforce that we have. And that inclusive environment doesn't just aid our own team members, but it impacts the environment that our patients experience, Scott. I mean, the, the hospitals and clinics, people already don't want to come there. So we have a responsibility of building a healing environment, and inclusion is an ingredient in that. Erica Joy, you had mentioned that at your hospitals, how important it is that they reflect diversity of the communities. And that's so important to people having a relationship at the hospital where they feel comfortable, they can connect, they see at least some people like themselves. And it's much easier to be forthcoming about what their issues and challenges are if there is that diversity at the hospital itself, how important is that when you look at these things? That's critical. One, just overcoming the um, you know, historical challenge of mistrust in certain communities with healthcare overall, you know, um, and the apprehension that, again, no one wants to come to the doctor. No one wants to, you know, no one gets to delight in saying to acknowledge they're sick or they need help, right? But when someone can see themselves, so you see it in the representation, or in the cultural awareness of your provider, if, if I don't see myself, can I, I at least understand that they see me? Are, are they curious enough to understand and appreciating the nuances that come with me, my package, my lifestyle, my background, and, and, and where I find myself in life to really address me, understand what's best for my care so that I can get the best outcomes? It makes a world of a difference. And, and let me ask you this question. I think stereotypically, men would be more slow to go to the doctor than women. Women are, on average, 
better at taking care of themselves and going to see the doctor, not afraid to go see the doctor. Is that true or is that just a stereotype? And does that stereotype hold true in minority communities too? Well, Scott, I didn't say that when you did, but <laughs> what we do know is that most of the healthcare decisions in the family are often made by women. Um, through our listening sessions, we do a lot of listening sessions and community um, uh, discussions and consumer insights. We have found that there is uh, often um, apprehension for males, um, whether it's availability, whether it's a determination of strength, um, and, and that comes across in, in many cultures and backgrounds. Um, that, but finding the right way to connect, whether it's male-driven initiatives, whether, whether it's um, the strong associations and memberships and organizations that we can find men, just like we do with other dimensions of diversity. We're very intentional of saying, how can we understand more to compel them more and have conversations? You take an example of a barbershop clinic initiative we have in, in Milwaukee. Um, there's different conversations that happen at the barbershop. And the, the, the opportunity for relevant um, chatter, the opportunity for full disclosure and transparencies, even, we've even seen that impact um, and attraction and then results in a different kind of dialogue, not only amongst men, but men for other men. Fascinating. And, and, and that makes sense, at least from the personal experience and what I see out there. Talk for a moment about big goals over the next six to 12 months. What do you look at as sort of big priorities as you continue to drive forward in the role that you're in and the leadership role you're in? Absolutely. So um, what's helpful for us is we've elevated diversity, equity, inclusion now as a fourth strategic priority for our organization. And that's huge. It's a big statement. It says how much of a of a um, responsibility we see that we have to anchor our results around that. And in doing so, we've built stronger and more robust plans. It's almost like our DEI 2.0, our next level of work. And so our top goals are gonna be absolutely driving health equity. Um, this year has shown a light on those inequities and we are working to close those gaps as we understand the needs of communities across different. Um, looking at uh, uh, driving and putting a, um, a greater muscle and competency within our organization that many individuals can dive into that work around health equity. Looking at the impact from the dual pandemics of COVID-19 and social injustice, and what does that mean for us to have greater co courageous conversation in our organization? Um, and then finally, just raising raising our, our heights and attention and leveraging um, the new ability to have greater involvement and engagement and support at the governance level of our system. And, and how important is it? I know Jim Scogsberg is a, is a wonderful leader and the overall leader of Advocate Aurora. How important is it that leadership of the entire system fully supports these efforts? And I've seen it, quite frankly, over the years. I, I'm always impressed at the makeup of the leadership around Advocate Aurora and, and the representation of people of color and so forth. How important is it that the CEO is behind these efforts and thus doesn't give it lip service? You know, if, if that's not present, the efforts fail. They, they fail too quickly, and they're not long-lived, and they'll never reach sustainability. Um, the one thing we're very fortunate about with Jim is that he not only, Scott, supports the efforts, but he, he drives it. It, 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 comes, it comes from his own um, determination. You know, there's, there's not you, you don't have to script Jim around diversity, equity, inclusion. You know, he speaks to it. You know, he, he's the one that even declared a statement early in the year that we were going to double down, you know, at the very hints of there being a rising um, issue around diversity, equity, inclusion and around us in our country, but then 
knowing that it was hitting home, he made those declarative statements. And for me to hear his 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 determination and to follow that up with strategy and and the driving action, um, and then as a as a as a CEO, he holds his his team accountable for that. For them to look at the places where they can advance the EI in respect of their work, no matter what they're responsible for. So it is a very um, necessary uh, foundational step to have your CEO's support, but also when you have their leadership and their own personal drive in it, that it goes beyond measure. Erica Joy, what a great pleasure to visit with you today on these important subjects. We appreciate greatly what you're doing for leadership and what the Advocate Aurora system is doing as well. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you, Scott. It was great being here.